are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Here on a Wednesday show, alongside me, Nate Dickinson, I'm joined by our Wednesday co-host, Asher Lowe. He's the host of Locked on Badgers. You can also read his stuff over at Badgers Wire. That's USA Today covering the Wisconsin Badgers team. And Asher, we thank you for joining us here on a Wednesday to take a break from the football to talk a little bit of basketball rankings. We had the newest AP polls for football come out yesterday. We talked them with Kevin. Now let's get into the preseason basketball polls. Our first look at the nation's takes on the Big Ten teams. Five Big Ten squads end up in the top 25. Three more receive votes. But your overall reactions as we start off the show here, Asher. And thanks for joining us to the top 25 as the Big Ten stacked up. Yeah, I think uh, you see Purdue and Michigan, right? Just basically evenly at the top. Nothing really to separate them so far. Michigan coming in just a spot ahead of Purdue. And I think that Illinois was rather overrated in this beginning AP poll, but that'll all sort itself out in good time. Illinois coming in at 11. And then a lot of Big Ten teams kind of right around that middle to lower tier of the AP poll, and then some teams even receiving votes. In fact, two Big Ten teams as the two leading receiving vote getters that didn't get in in Michigan State and Indiana. And I think both of those teams probably will spend, especially Indiana, I think, We'll probably spend some time in the top 25 this year. I like that they gave Maryland the credit I think they deserve with the offseason they had and that they're included in this top 25 at 21. But, yeah, Big Ten is, is stacked again, as we've come to expect now from this conference. It's a deep-loaded conference. I don't know if there's one team that is, like, a, in a whole other level or a whole other league from others. I think that Purdue and Michigan, like I said, are at the top. But even the gap between Purdue and Michigan and the next tier, I don't think, is massive, per se. You mentioned you thought Illinois might be a little bit overrated there at number 11. Where is that thinking coming from? Yeah, I think that losing Io is going to show yeah. itself in a ton of ways, right? But I also think that you're relying on Andre Corbello, who I trust 100% to take the next step. The problem is, with Io, you lose a lot of looks for other guys that IO created, like looks for Trent Frazier, who's not really a creator by himself. He's a kind of guy that, that usually people create for him. You lose Adam Miller, who I think is a massive loss that we're not really talking about much with this team. And you get back, you know, you get back. Kofi, of course, was, was the big move that, that led to them being ranked as high as they are. Getting Kofi back was huge. And you get Trent Frazier back. Like I said, they're relying on Andre Corbello, who I'm the biggest Corbello fan ever, so I, I can't really say a bad word about the guy. But they're relying on him to make a massive, massive leap. If, if He came off the bench last year and was awesome off the bench last year, but they're relying on a big leap from him and a, a big shooting leap from him because I don't think he'll be respected yet as a jump shooter, and that that's really where his game will evolve and, and step forward. But, yeah, with Kofi, Frazier, and Corbello back, I get it. It's just – you lose so much more than just his scoring and, and his defense when you lose Io. Uh, you lose a lot of playmaking for other guys. Well, with Kofi Coburn coming back, you have him as well as guys like Travion Williams at Purdue, Hunter Dickinson at Michigan. How much of that kind of a factor think played in the Polar's decision-making when trying to put together these top 25s, those guys coming back 
and also how much does that at least what's your take on like how that translates to the actual on the court stuff I mean this is still a freshman sport college basketball well it's interesting because I think those three guys you mentioned three guys coming back right with Kofi with Travion and with Hunter Dickinson, three guys that will be on teams that right now are expected to be those top three Big Ten teams, according to the AP poll. With Travion and, and with Kofi, I kind of think you know what you're getting. I don't think you're going to get a different player. I don't think you're going to get much improvement. I don't think they're going to look different than they did a year ago. I, I that, That's my opinion. They could look different. But with Travion, you got a guy that really isn't jumping over a phone book, but is good with both hands, uh, a really, really soft finisher around the rim a guy that uh, sets good screens, a guy that one-on-one -on -one in the post is probably the best post scorer in terms of footwork, in terms of using angles well. He's probably the best one-on-one -on -one post scorer in the conference, maybe in the country, heading into the year. Dickinson, uh, sorry, with, uh, with Kofi, I think you know what you're getting. With Dickinson, and I don't really, I mean, you know what you're getting with Kofi. Like, he's Kofi. Uh, mm -hmm. He hasn't really improved a ton offensively at all. He got kind of exposed with the way they were playing him in the Loyola Chicago game, just kind of sitting off of Cameron Crutwig in that game. But uh, he's a menace down low. Like, have you seen the guy? I mean, he looks like a, an NFL tight end. So, and he'd be the biggest tight end in the NFL, uh, I think, if he was in there. So he's bigger than an NFL tight end. Anyway, uh, Dickinson, I think, is where you could see a different player. And if you watched Hunter Dickinson last year, you saw a guy that was simply acting like he didn't have a right hand. It was, it was a one-handed basketball player. He played only with his left hand. In almost every situation, he was just trying to get back to the left side. And the sad part is people couldn't really stop it for a lot of the year. But I think people became in tune to it and later in the year started trying. I mean, UCLA did everything to try to force him to use that right hand in their tournament game, and it worked. And if he comes back with – his right hand won't be his left. He's a left-handed player. But – he comes back with a right hand that is somewhat serviceable or he's not afraid to use it because that, that was the issue last year. Like he would do everything to make sure he could go left over the right shoulder. Like he would do absolutely everything to make sure he'd go to that side and it would create just bad reads by him. Like if, if, if a defense is trying to hand you uh, the right side in the post, you got to take it and he wouldn't take it last year. So that's where I'm watching him. I think his right hand could get so much better. And if it does, watch out. Yeah, it could be scary to think about if it could be something that simple to bring Hunter Dickinson to that next level, just how much more he could provide to that Michigan team. But we'll talk about that to the Michigan squad, and we'll try and get it a little bit at least into all of these teams who are looking to top the Big Ten at the end of the season. We're looking at the teams who are at the top at the start here in the preseason AP polls with Asher Lowe here on Locked On Big Ten. College football fans, prize picks is the place to go for all of your fantasy sports needs for college sports. Prize picks provides more fantasy sports options for college than anywhere else. If you want to put together a daily fantasy lineup of college players, power five, mid-major, betting on yards, touchdowns, over-unders, whatever you want to do, you can put together a parlay of like two to five different player picks, and if it hits, you could be winning big thanks to the Daily Fantasy over at Prize Picks. And if you go over there right now and use our promo code Locked On when you sign up, you get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Head on over to prizepicks.com right now. This is not just another fantasy site. This is a new way to play the game. So try them out again. 
prizepicks.com. Welcome back in Locked On Big Ten. Asher Lowe with us here to go over the AP preseason basketball polls. We thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. Again, be sure to make Locked On Badgers with Asher and Ben Kenny over there your second listen once you're done over here. Asher, thanks again for joining us here on the podcast on a Wednesday, as you do. We've got preseason polls on basketball to break down. We already went down the list. In fact, I, maybe we didn't even go all the way down the list. Michigan 6, Purdue 7, Illinois 11, Ohio State 17, Maryland at 21, Michigan State, Indiana, and Rutgers all receiving votes below them. And let's start right there at the top. We'd already kind of opened the conversation on Michigan, talking about Hunter Dickinson and what he brings. But this Michigan was going to be... Michigan team was going to be really good, even if he had decided not to come back this season. The Wolverines boast the top recruiting class in the nation out of the 2021 class. Is it fair to say these are the highest expectations that Jawan Howard has faced in his time running this team since maybe he was playing? 100%, not even close. Uh, if you remember last year, it's hard to remember, but Michigan last year, we were expecting a middle of the table finish. And they surpassed all their expectations. This year, the expectations are there heading into the year. This is a team that made an elite eight run a year ago, lost on, uh, had like maybe four chances to win that game down the stretch. Mike Smith had the final one that almost went in. Franz Wagner, Airball the three. They had a bunch of chances to beat UCLA down the stretch. Couldn't do it. And you return in 2021 to 22, a team, like I said, led by Hunter Dickinson in that front court. Eli Brooks is back. They lose quite a bit, though. Franz Wagner and Isaiah Livers both in the National Basketball Association. Franz Wagner now with his brother Mo over in Orlando on probably the worst team in the NBA, but he will get some run. You lose Mike Smith, who I think was an underratedly big loss. Like Livers and Wagner will get the, the attention. But Mike Smith was the engine last year for a lot of the year. I thought the game on the road when Wisconsin went on the road, that is, I'm using a Badger perspective, but when the Badgers went on the road at Michigan, it was Mike Smith that really turned around the tide of that game. And, and he did that multiple times last year for Michigan, pushing the pace and getting out in transition, a guy that got buckets in the Ivy League and got buckets in the Big Ten. They replace him with a kind of similar model of player, not not a similar necessarily basketball player, but a guy that transferred from a mid-major school, Devontae Jones from Coastal Carolina, had you know one of those great scoring years at a mid-major school last year, over 19 points a game, and he'll kind of be this year's Mike Smith. A 6'1 guard coming in out of a mid-major school, got buckets last year in the Sun Belt. Will he get buckets in the Big Ten? The answer is usually yes when you're asking if that stuff translates. It's usually a yes. But the big talk is not only Dickinson back, but the recruiting class, obviously. And the recruiting class starts uh, with Caleb Caleb Houston. Uh, Houston. I'm, I'm like reading five things right there. Caleb Houston yeah. is, is a dynamic freshman who we watched in FIBA a lot. I watched him on Team Canada in FIBA this summer. And I think the, the things that surprised me about him were he was kind of labeled as a, as a plus size shooter in terms of he's six foot eight long and has a really solid looking jumper and is a great three point shooter. His dribble drive game was better than I thought it was. Uh, he wasn't afraid to play in that 10 to 15 foot area once he got in that mid range game. And he can really beat you off the dribble at his size. Like his first step is quicker than a lot of guys he'll go up against, I think, in the Big Ten even. He, he's ready to come into the Big Ten, get by guys, uh, make good decisions, really good ball handler for his size. 
He's a dude you can put absolutely anywhere. Like he doesn't mess with a system. He doesn't need a specific style of basketball. He doesn't need players around him specifically. He is low maintenance as it gets in terms of you can plug and play him. I think almost anywhere. He's one of those versatile wings where it doesn't really matter who's around him. It doesn't matter what you're trying to run for him. He's going to get his in some way, shape or form. Right. Uh, His shot also kind of like Patrick Baldwin jr. Who's not going to the big 10. He's going to uh, Wisconsin school, not the Badgers. He's going to play for his dad over in Milwaukee. But both of those guys have such good forms on their jumpers. Like when you watch them shoot, even if you're not a basketball guy, if you just watch them take shots, you'll be like, yeah, that guy probably makes a ton of them. That's Caleb Houston. And I think he's going to be their best freshman. And I think he's going to start. He's going to be dynamic for them all year long. And like I said, Dickinson's right hand, huge question. And Eli Brooks, I want a little more offensively from him this year, I think, as a guy coming back for his final year in Michigan. It'll be Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate leading that class as five stars, three more four-star recruits follow them into Michigan to try and top the Big Ten this season. Biggest competition, as we mentioned, the Purdue Boilermakers are right there at number seven. While Michigan lost quite a bit of talent, Illinois, we'll mention in a minute, lost quite a bit of talent. Purdue's got everybody back. With Trayvon Williams returning to it's 95% of the scoring from the 2020 season still back for that team. Zach Eadie's still here. Jaden Ivey's still here. Eric Hunter and Sasha Stefanovic are both still here as big backcourt returning starters too. It, we talked about it off the top of the show, or you mentioned, I think it was, Michigan and Purdue, these two teams really, it's not like there's much separating these squads. This could be flip-flopped easily, but these are at least going into it, looking like the two teams that are the class of the conference, Purdue, because it's been here before and has everybody coming to back to try and do it again. This is my favorite team in the Big Ten. Yeah. Honestly, it's not that close to me, but I get that it is pretty close on paper. I do think they end up being the best team in the Big Ten conference. Purdue, that is. And there are a few reasons why. You get Trevion Williams back, right? You know exactly what you're getting with him. A guy that can take over a game in the low post, a guy that's done it for multiple years in college basketball, a good rebounder for his size. But it's all about Jaden Ivey, man. If you watch that North Texas game where they lost in the first round, it was Jaden Ivey. It was his team. It was almost as if nobody else was playing on Purdue. Like, he was the only guy on the floor at times in that game is what it felt like. He took over that basketball game in the NCAA tournament. They didn't win the game, but, boy, it was not because of him. Uh, he's going to take the next step offensively, and I don't think there's any debate about it. Like, he's going to be – one of the best scorers in the Big Ten this year. He is one of those guys that turns up the energy whenever he's on the floor. He plays fast. Uh, he can get to the rim. Uh, he, he's super athletic, and his jumper looks really, really good in that same FIBA tournament I was talking about where all the top kind of young guys played. Uh, Caleb Houston played for Canada. Jaden Ivey was on Team USA with Johnny Davis of Wisconsin, and Jaden was, was tremendous in that tournament. Really came off the bench in the first couple of games and just – completely changed things when he was on the floor for Team USA. So I'm really excited to see what Jaden Ivey brings. He has that no fear that we saw last year. Like he was taking, you know, game winners last year as a freshman. And I think that that, that no fear level will only improve in terms of how uh, reckless he's going to play in a good way, using that word in a positive way. Uh, he's a little reckless sometimes, but it, it usually works out in his favor. Move on to Illinois. It's again, I asked you about this team being overrated. It's an interesting squad to me because, as you mentioned, without Kofi Cochran, I don't know if this team is like late 
teens, early 20s, maybe if they're in the top 25. Like, I don't know. This was the team that was like supposed to be one of the big drop offs, as well as the Iowa Hawkeyes, who we aren't going to talk about today because they're not ranked. But now it seems like, like you mentioned, there may be a bit of an overcorrection there where Kofi Corcoran's a great player, but he, he's not that kind of a game changing player that I think is able to do even as much without a guy like Iowa Desumu out there to compliment him. So I'm, I'm hesitant as you are with this Illinois team, especially at a number 11 ranking here. I don't know if that's warranted in, I, I think that's, I mean, could be potentially like really, really egregious, something we're laughing at a month or two into the season. Yeah, I got one big issue with Kofi, and it's pretty simple. And it's not an issue you'll see with a Curbelo. It's not an issue you'll see with an Ivy. It's not even an issue you'll see with a Trevion Williams. Kofi is seven foot 285, right? But he is incredibly matchup dependent in terms of how well he can impact the game. He is, and we saw it in the NCAA tournament. He is very, very matchup dependent. A lot of college basketball teams don't have seven footers that play a lot. They might have one on the roster. He's not going to necessarily be an X factor. He's not going to play a ton. He doesn't move that well. Kofi can dominate those teams in the front line. Loyola Chicago not only had Cameron Crutwig, they have one of the best, had one of the best coaches in college basketball in Porter Moser. Sad that he's no longer there, Uh, but Porter Moser moving on to Oklahoma, of course, this year. He created a game plan with Crutwig leading the way that completely took Kofi out of the basketball game. And it actually took him out of the game more on defense than on offense because there's a reason that you remember Jalil Okafor from Duke, who was uh, the number one pick in the or was the number one pick uh, guy that was a guy that everybody was uh, not Anthony the Bennett, pick, but a guy that was the number one recruit in his class. He tore it up at Duke. Uh, he's an unbelievably skilled big. He was the third overall pick in 2015. So he never basically found a role in the NBA. And it was pretty simple as to why. He's a great basketball player, actually. He was just in the wrong setting for him. The matchups were dependent for him in order to have success. And the NBA went all spread, pick, and roll. They went to a bunch of small bigs, right? They could all shoot threes and all move a bunch. And everybody could guard one through five. You hear all those three and D, right? You hear all these like words buzzwords thrown out all the time that's why Kobe's never going to play in the NBA in a serious role in my opinion but it also can hurt him in college because there are certain teams that play that way like if Illinois played Alabama in the NCAA tournament where are you putting Kofi on defense what are you doing with him you can't play him he's unplayable and it's not even his fault it's just where the game is going with some of these teams so there are certain games where he will look awesome at certain games where I think he's virtually unplayable defensively, go back and watch the tape of the way that Brad Underwood, and I think it was actually largely Underwood's fault because of the way he had him playing Crutwig, but go back and watch the game. They lost to Chicago in the second round. Watch Kofi playing defense and watch how much of a liability he is when you have a mobile big like Crutwig who can pass the ball exceptionally well, is your playmaker at that position, and your playmaker catching the ball from like 18, 20 feet. Kofi is not comfortable out there. And there'll be situations where he has to guard out there, and I don't trust him to do it. Mm. If you've been listening to the show or any other Locked On podcast really for a long time now, then you know Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar out there. Listen, protein bars comes in all different kinds of shapes and sizes nowadays. Built Bar is promising you that you're not going to have to struggle to get 
what they have to offer down. This is 100% chocolate in all of their bars. When you bite into it, you're gonna find the flavor that you just keep coming back for. So head on over to BuiltBar.com right now. Start trying out one of their products. Again, I promise there's so many flavors there that you're gonna find something that at least piques your interest. And when you do go to checkout, be sure to use our promo code LOCKED15 with your order to get 15% off. Again, that's LOCKED15 at 15% off your order over at BuiltBar.com. Just give them a try. You're gonna love the way it tastes. And when you look at the wrapper and see all the stuff that's in it, you're not gonna believe that you can get that kind of taste out of it. Built Bar, again, it's the place to go for the best tasting protein bars on the market. We're into the thick of things here this football season, and betonline.ag has everything that you need to make sure that your betting experience is the best it can be. BetOnline has a brand new site with a user interface that's all updated for you to check out. So if you've been there before, go try them out now and take a look at the new look of the site. But also, take a look at everything they have to offer. They've got new props, bets, parlay combos you can try. It's not just a new look. It's a new way to bet out there at betonline.ag. Go try out all the updates that they put out for you here for this football season as they are on top of everything going on on the gridiron this fall. It's betonline.ag where you can use our promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up. Again, that's locked on when you sign up for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Yeah, I agree. It's just a guy who's going to be really dominant in really, really uh, in, in the situations that fit him and give Illinois credit. Illinois has done a really good job of putting those kind of situations in front of Kofi Cokeburn. So who knows, maybe Brad Underwood does all that again, but it's just something that I think is one of the bigger question marks, at least out of these teams who are considered to be tops among the top. Sorry for randomly saying Anthony Bennett uh, in the middle of your uh, response. I thought you were asking who went first in that draft. And that's, I wrongly guessed uh, Anthony Bennett. It was Carl Anthony Towns. So yeah, Anthony Bennett was earlier. And if you were wondering, Oak for that third pick, number one, two, and four, all all stars. So there you go. Yeah. And it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a like, I mean, it was a bad pick, I guess, in hindsight, but like he's a good basketball player. That's not even what I'm saying. Like he's right. a really, really skilled basketball player. He just couldn't guard NBA actions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Anywho, let's move on. Ohio State's number 17, Maryland's number 21. Let's start with the Buckeyes here, Asher. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll start either way because I think there's interesting things to talk about with both of these teams. You mentioned Maryland getting some love after what it did in between playing games in the winter or in the summer, in the offseason. Where are you at with these teams who are kind of uh, near the edge around the end? We'll, we'll throw in the teams who are receiving votes, too, because we went over the three teams who are, are kind of on that elite tier. This is the second tier, the Big Ten. Yeah, so with Ohio State, they got screwed last year with the draw. They drew Oral Roberts, a team that had – yeah, so that was a good in team. That game, in that game, Oral Roberts had the two best players. Like, mm -hmm. how often does that happen in a two-versus-15 matchup? They had Max Aismas and Tevin O'Banner. O'Banner is now at Texas Tech. Aismas was the leading scorer in the country last year and probably will be the leading scorer in the country again this year. So they got screwed with that draw. It was a really tough 15 seed to play. They've reloaded with a lot of transfers as, well, hasn't everybody, I guess. Jamari right. Wheeler, 
Cedric Russell out of Louisiana, and then Joey Brunk. So two of those three guys were former Big Ten guys on a different team. Joey Brunk coming over from Indiana, Jamari Wheeler from Penn State. Neither guy in Brunk and Wheeler really had a huge impact at their previous school, but two guys that will be in the rotation right away. And they bring back quite a bit, quite a bit. You bring back E.J. Liddell, right, who was phenomenal last year. Uh, it took over that Michigan game, that game where they were going back and forth on CBS. Remember that morning game? Unbelievable basketball game. And Liddell was phenomenal in it. Dwayne Washington, gone. Does that completely hurt? I think yes in some ways, but Dwayne Washington really had consistency issues in his career. And he wasn't a guy that would necessarily say, oh, I'll take a backseat role today if I'm struggling a little bit early. Like that wasn't Dwayne Washington. He was going to come out and gun for better or for worse. So it opens up a lot of new possessions for guys and a lot of new opportunities for guys offensively, but still losing him is big. Like he had some really, really good moments last year. Big 10 tournament had a great moment, went off in that same Michigan game I was talking about where I think everybody just went off. It was like a great offensive battle. Everyone was going back and forth in that game. But outside of EJ Liddell, you get Justice Suing, Kyle Young, Justin Aaron's a really good three-point shooter. Uh, Kyle Young is that bruiser up front who was a little beat up going into the tournament game last year at Oral Roberts. I think that hurt them a lot. Justice Suing, a guy they got last year, uh, well, played last year for the first time, didn't get him last year, but a transfer from Cal uh, who finally got to suit up last year, who kind of has that all-around game. You can kind of plug and play him anywhere on the wing. And Aaron's, like I said, has to hit a bunch of threes for this team because the shooting is not really there for this Ohio State team uh, around Aaron's. Uh, he's going to have to be a really, really reliable three-point threat, and he is that. But losing Dwayne Washington and and having last year, I think, be a bit of an overachieving year, to be honest, for this Ohio State team, I'm not sure I love their prospects of a second weekend chance in the NCAA tournament. Hopefully they don't draw someone as ridiculously seated as 15 seed Oral Roberts next time, though. What about a team like Indiana? That's a team you – touched on at the top of the show just real quickly. I thought you said uh, something about them being able to spend some time in the top 25 at some point with good reason. Mike Woodson got a lot of guys to stay who were initially in that transfer portal for reasons that I, I don't 100% really understand still. Brought a lot of guys in. Now that team's looking like one that, uh, again, was starting out as like a bubble team. And when Mike Woodson got hired, it was a head scratcher in a way, doesn't have college experience. But he's done just about everything that he can aside from win a bunch of basketball games to get this Indiana fan base on his side. Yeah. I'll be honest. I love the hire. And a lot of people in college basketball hated the hire and they were mm -hmm. just screaming like recruiting, recruiting. Like, are you kidding me? You ever heard Mike Woodson speak or like heard how players talk about Mike Woodson? It doesn't matter. Like the thought that somebody that was an NBA coach for that long, but not just a normal NBA coach, an NBA coach that was a true players coach, like players loved him. A thought that that guy just can't go step into college basketball and recruit decently well is ridiculous to me. You don't have to have college basketball experience to be a good recruiter. You can be a, you can have a ton of college basketball experience and be a terrible recruiter. Like, I, I think it matters a little bit, I guess, but it's more about the person and the coach and the track record. And Mike Woodson checks all those boxes, right? Like as a coach, as a person, his track record in the NBA, uh, he can point to so many guys and say, I coached him. Uh, you know, I can call him anytime. Uh, if you want advice from that guy, like that guy still loves me. We're still close, whatever. Like that's pretty cool in someone's living room to say. He's also an Indiana guy, which I think is also pretty cool. And I think Indiana had to make a move to go get someone that was an Indiana guy. You remember Brad Stevens was the big 
name that everyone was throwing out, kind of fakely thrown out, uh, former Celtics head coach now in the front office in Boston. But they got an Indiana guy. They got a guy with NBA experience. I love Mike Woodson. And it's already worked because Trace Jackson Davis stayed. I think that was the biggest thing, right? Yeah. Right off the bat, you get the best player in the Big Ten coming back to stay with you, which in a coaching change in today's, I guess, today's economy, I don't know if that's the right word, but in today's era of college basketball, a coaching change usually means transfers and a ton of them. And you get Trace Jackson Davis to stay, which is everything for this team. Miller Cop, a transfer I want to talk about who was, I think, Northwestern's most consistent player last year on a bad Northwestern team, but a guy that brings something that Indiana had none of last year, if you watch them, which is perimeter shooting. And that's so important when you have Trace Jackson Davis because he's going to he's not a guy that's going to take many jumpers at all, but he's a guy that's going to attract two on the drive. And if he can become better as a passer and actually have good options to pass two on kickouts when the defense collapses on him, like a Miller cop, that can help them a ton. Rob Finnessy also has to hit jumpers for this team. Right. You get Xavier Johnson transferred from Pitt, who I think is going to play a role. Uh, Race Thompson alongside Trace Jackson Davis down low. There's quite a bit to like about this Indiana team. I'll be honest. I like the way it's constructed. I like Mike Woodson more than I like Archie Miller. So I think this team will, uh, led by TJD, find a way to spend some time in the top 25 and win quite a few Big Ten games. They'll be a tournament team for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, obviously, you'd say that about all these teams right now. They've all got that talent, but uh, always seems to get a little bit more hairy once we get well, into the end season. Minnesota does not have that talent, but that's a different story. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll FBS college basketball. that for another episode. Uh, let's wrap on this, Asher. It's gotten a little bit away, again, for good conversation, so I'm fine getting a little bit off track on just going down on teams here. But as far as as you mentioned, that top tier has Michigan, Purdue, Illinois, if you want to put them there. We've already talked about what Illinois is or isn't. But as far as that next tier of teams go, so Ohio State and Maryland ranked, Michigan State, Indiana, Rutgers after them. Who, who do you think has the best chance to be able to leapfrog into that conversation of Michigan, Purdue, teams that can really contend for the Big Ten? So I think it's Maryland. I already talked about Maryland a little bit, I know, uh, on right. this show. So I'll, I'll talk about a different team. Uh, but Maryland gets Kudish Wahab from Georgetown, Fats Russell from Rhode Island, a, a huge duo. Like my favorite transfer duo anybody could possibly get. Those were literally two of my favorite players to watch last year. So it's just a biased thing, maybe. But Fats Russell, dynamic small guard, is going to fill it up in certain games. Kudish Wahab, a uh, a big man that showed better, better basics fundamentals than I thought he had last year and is only getting better in that category because he's a big body a guy that can finish well uh, around the rim and a guy that kind of had that jump hook I don't know why he left Patrick Ewing but he did let's see let's talk about Rutgers a little bit because I think they're a team that could also vault in to this top half uh, top even few top four or five Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. are back so you get your starting backcourt back from a year ago including uh, RHJ who was tremendous at times last year before having the injury issues that he had uh, after the very beginning of the year where he was awesome, had some of those injury issues, third team, all big 10 guy last year. And I think he'll be a second teamer, maybe even a first teamer, all big 10 guy this season. They lose miles Johnson to UCLA, which is a big shot blocking rim protection loss. They're big man. So they're going to need a huge season. And I don't know if I saw the signs last year, to be perfectly honest from Cliff Omarui, who is really now their lone guy down low to play that role. Six foot 11 big, who also can be a shot blocker, but 
really just, like Miles Johnson had issues as a roll threat and as a lob threat, but those issues are no nothing compared to the issues Cliff had offensively trying to, you know, just like catch the ball. I mean, he's a freshman. So like catch the ball, uh, finish lobs, move correctly around the guards. Losing Jacob Young, also a big loss, a guy that was that sixth man that would just come into the game and, you know, drop 15 for you, get you some buckets, which in college basketball, a bucket getter is probably the most important thing you can have because not all teams even have one, uh, like, like, like individual bucket getter. And Jacob Young was one of Rutgers's three or four last year. Uh, so Cliff Omarui is huge. That third score behind Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr., that's going to be huge. That's what I'm watching for this year. Uh, I like Ralph Agee from San Jose State, who I think is going to come in and immediately be in the rotation. Six foot eight forward, kind of uh, a good screener, a guy that's not going to take up the ball a ton, but is going to be effective without the basketball in his hands a ton. So uh, Ron Hubbard Jr. has got to be like a first team all Big Ten guy if this team wants to be, you know, top three or four. But I do like what they have, and I like Steve Peichel, always have, and I like that they're playing at home with a full crowd because I think that helps Rutgers more than anybody in this conference probably. Well, as you've heard, Asher Lowe has the basketball knowledge when it comes to the Big Ten and to all around the country, really. And he's been spending all summer waiting to try and tell us about it. So we'll, of course, have plenty of other questions for Asher as we get ready and into the Big Ten basketball season. But, of course, we got to finish a football season, too. And, hey, those three lost Badgers still do control their fate in the Big Ten as well. That's a, a conversation, again, that we'll continue to have as the season gets into the heart of things. Asher, again, you're the host of Locked On Badgers every weekday. Be sure to subscribe to the show over there after you're done listening here at Locked On Big Ten and subscribing if you haven't already. Remind people where they can see, read, hear everything else that you're up to. Yeah, BadgersWire.com. And as you said, Locked On Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Awesome. Asher Lowe with us every Wednesday right here on Locked On at Big Ten. Until tomorrow, I'm Nate Dickinson.